Welcome to the GrassCast, the host of your show, Quab and Sean. Game on. That was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to the GrassCast, a show about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Quab. And I'm Sean. On this episode, we are talking to Gabe, uh, our friend Gabe. Uh, I actually don't know your last name. Also, Gabe. Gabriel Gabriel. Watson. Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel Watson. I, I, I should know that. We're like Facebook friends. Um, yeah. But uh, a man of many games. Man. Uh, who I've known for about I think a year and a half, two years now. Yeah, almost two. Yeah, two. almost two years now. Yeah. But before we get into Gabe, Gabriel, uh, there's a little bit of business that we have to do. Yes. Um, that we do every episode. <laughs> and uh, we play the ultimate game of. Rock, paper, scissor, or paper, scissor, rock. <laughs> it's rock, paper, scissors, but it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, you ready for this, Sean? It's not like I read anything about it, you know, how to beat you guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it's, it's between it's me, me, it's me and Quab. We're it's, keeping a tally oh, through the games. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's super, yeah, it's super great it's, for it's the, the show with guests. people coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> we should probably play with the guests eventually, but... Uh, how do you do three people, people paper, scissors, rock? Don't okay. worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right, ready? That's that's for the future. All right, I am ready. And okay. again, it's one, two, three, and then the thing. Yes, yes. We say just, this every episode. I'm just making sure. Okay. All right, all right. All right. One, two, three, paper. One, two, three, scissors. No! <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that felt so good. All right. Anyway, yeah, let's get into the episode. Sean, take it away. I'm going to tally that. Okay. <laughs> what is your tally so far? I don't. I, I've won most. Yeah. He, I think Sean's won. I'm on the losing one, end of this. One or two. I haven't figured out my winning strategy. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I read somewhere that uh, most people, like, they just put, like, scissors because mm-hmm. it's easy, right? People, oh. do, people do a V a lot of times. So I, I, that's what I read about it. <laughs> like saying, but see, we're saying it. Yeah, so we, now it's. Yeah, we change it up. So yeah, so we say it, like, audioly. So I don't know. It's all the, all the no research. Because no one can see what we're throwing. We yeah. have to, like, say yeah. the thing. So, so. scissors are like. Most of the time, I think you win if you put rock or something like that. Mm. <laughs> anyway, All right, so yeah. we haven't. I haven't figured out the best strategy yet. You both have the <laughs> the the cue into it now. <laughs> we'll see. We need right. more data. We need more data. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Gabe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So wanted to bring Gabe on because, uh, like myself, he I I would say he he's a gamer. You describe yourself as a gamer. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, cause we've talked to other people on the show and some people, have we talked to anybody that doesn't like the, the tag as gamer? I feel like Sarah didn't. Um, yeah, I don't No, Right. right that's right. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. So people are mixed on, on the term. Everyone but... is a little bit of a gamer, but I, I feel like there's negative there connotations some people that you cannot qualify them as gamers because they'll game because of others or because of the circumstance. It's not that they look up, up to it. Like okay. they don't look after it. Okay, what's your definition of a gamer? Let's say. Oh, okay. Um, well, for me, it's like something you do because it's your interest. Like not everyone paints, right? But if you go to a paint lounge for a birthday or something, you're going to paint. Or when you're a kid, you try it. Everyone tries games when they're kids. But it's not like by definition, it's not something I would try right off the bat. So I don't consider myself a painter. Like that's the, the thing. Or a musician, like a lot of people play guitar tons of people play it mm-hmm. but if you're a musician you probably do it more consistently and you it's one of your interests in life so you're going to be keeping tabs of how good you are in in that thing okay that makes sense that is an interesting thing i don't think i've ever heard of a paint lounge and it sounds amazing oh my god um, that yeah, sounds yeah, really cool that. yeah <laughs> 
I think they have one here. Like my my company just recently had something. It's fun because they they do it. Let's say gamify it in a way. Yeah, because they they have people over for events or birthdays, and when they bring someone in, um, they they have like that group of people from the company or you know a birthday party, and Mm -hmm. everyone paints the same object or the same. Mm -hmm. um, Let's say they pick a a random picture. And they submit that, like you can submit it. Oh, okay. And then everyone will try their best to, to mimic that. And then huh. you can compare everyone's pictures later. But Ooh. is there is there really a winner of that? Oh. Is it like the most photorealistic you know, version some, of it? Some people do it. It depends on how competitive, how much of a gamer you are. <laughs> you can yeah. make a game in anything. Okay. True. I mean, if you're going for photorealism, someone might just be a Picasso and they want to no, paint yeah, it yeah, weirdly. Yeah. But know, before going full Picasso, you have to be realistic. And then you, you okay. go overboard. <laughs> no, no. See, he started like that. Like he, yeah. yeah, no, I can see that. But Okay, so uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, but uh, maybe you want to start with what games are you playing recently? Or what games are you into recently you or excited to play recently? Oh, recently. Okay. <laughs> I like how you ask a questions. I like to overload there, my questions. There's like, we can concise that. What are you playing now, Gabe? Let's, let's go with that. Yeah, it's kind of Just funny. Just making like, I, I was expecting like, oh, where is your origin? And then middle ending. But you guys start with the end. That's, that's yeah. actually cool. Uh, I think right now because of time and, you know, other situations in life, like mm-hmm. we, if you have a full-time job and you do stuff after, like it's really hard to devote yourself to a mm-hmm. game so i'm playing more board games mm-hmm. uh, we have a group that we all kind of go to yeah yeah, we Fridays, it. yeah whenever we're free and not ti- not too tired and <laughs> yeah. yeah i think board games in general but i prefer more strategy related mm-hmm. or at least the games that are over 50 percent strategy so you're not just rolling dice and playing by luck right mm-hmm. skill okay. skill is like a big thing for me because Again, if you're a true gamer, and my my view is like if you're a true gamer, mm. you appreciate the skill of a player, uh-huh. right? Yeah, this is something I think Jimmy touched on the last time that like oh yeah yeah a lot of yeah a lot of people that are gamers there is a there is a definite subset that are obsessed with like the competitive aspect or playing a game to win like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which is which is understandable, but there are people obsessed with it. Yeah, and we can talk about it because I met a few. I mean, <laughs> met even in real life, but uh, and there is an obsessive part of it, and there is the natural competition. I think if you're, um, I don't know, a gamer, on my perspective, is like someone who plays, let's say, even a mu- musician. If you're a good musician, or if you're really interested in music, you're gonna compare compare like players, right, or mm-hmm. drummers, or whatever, and you bound to compare also your skill to to those guys so mm. if you're comparing that way it makes you like taking that into gaming it makes you a gamer if you're actually striving to be better and not just you know playing by luck because other people threw a game in a party and you're just playing you know for the fun and uh, fun is part of it but you, you want to have the skill as well if you're a gamer mm. So is there a board game in particular you really enjoy? I know you like Spartacus. You have very fun uh, uh, yeah. Spartacus nights at your place, which are lots well, of fun. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I like the games that have a, a strong theme. Mm. So like mm. thematic board games or video games, right? Because I think um, besides strategy, like it's not pure strategy always. Because pure strategy, I started with chess when I was a kid as well. But, ah, we should um, ask that. That should be a question. <laughs> not, not my first game, but it was like one of the biggest and like I like strategy because of that, because I can mm. use it. I'm fluent with it. But I think the theme kind of ties people to the game. So 
uh, board game that I like with Spartacus because they have a lot of mechanisms that work really, really well together. Um, it's not a strategy heavy game, but mm -hmm. it can be if you're into it. And at the same time, it's a very social game. So when I bring people over my place, it's like a game that you're playing for four hours or three hours sometimes. But um, if you're playing for that long, you want to have people that are very social. They can talk to each other and, yeah. and kind of relax the... Okay, it's different if you're playing a game of Go for four hours, you're bound to be tired. And yeah. if you have some social aspect, that's what I liked about mm -hmm. Spartacus. Um, other board games that I like, I mean, there are a few others, but they're usually, usually varied within that kind of theme. Like, um, I'll say Splendor, another one. Um, I'm trying to think also of computer games, but mm. yeah, lately I haven't played computer games. Like, oh, no, that's okay. So I think we should mention um, Gabe's got a gamer shirt on right now, which I can't read the whole thing, but what is the quote on it? Uh, basically says, um, there is there, only one set yeah. of tracks because I carried the whole team to victory. <laughs> so it's a World of Tanks shirt. Am I right? Yeah, there's a little tank. Yeah, there's a little you, tank in the middle. You wouldn't know that it's a Tiger 2. Uh -huh. so, oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, I knew. <laughs> Did you? It's one of my no. favorites. <laughs> but anyways. Um, so, uh, yeah, I forget when we talked about this, but previously we talked about your uh, World of Tanks um, <laughs> history. Um, do you want to elaborate on what World of Tanks is and how you sure. got involved with it? How, how far you, you took it? Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about people who are obsessed with games and all that. But uh -huh. yeah, there are some games like, you know, World of Warcraft and games like I don't know Dota, um, what can I say, like League of Legends and this kind of stuff is always like some kind of competitive, but also obsessive about it. You mm -hmm. gotta obsess about it to be good at it. And then my days of that is, are over because <laughs> I cannot obsess <laughs> over games too mm -hmm. much. But I still get excited with them, so I like to like share some stories sometimes. And uh, the the furthest I've gone in the game that. That was World of Tanks, and World of Tanks is a, a Belarusian production, like some, like basically Russian guys created this game. Okay, it's big in Russia, in Europe a little bit, uh, maybe in China and North America, so so not so much, but there was a time <laughs> it was really really big. Like hmm. let's say three years ago when they started being like the best um, kind of war game out there. So um, what is, can you summarize like what World of Tanks is, how you play it? So you're basically in control of a tank mm -hmm. and it goes through the ages. You're evolving tanks on a tree, a technological tree. You're researching new tanks and you're gaining more experience with that. And then you buy new tanks with, with gold or whatever you mm -hmm. have or mm -hmm. credits. So uh, it's not, it's kind of like a mix of, um, you know, need for speed Porsche, for example, like you're, you're going through the ages mm -hmm. and then you're evolving and you're getting like newer cars and you're going through that oh, evolution. Yeah, yeah. So it gets people going also because you can play with a World War One prototype or you can go as far as tanks that are, you know, still active in some subdeveloped countries. Like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. And uh, yeah, there are some countries that still have like a Leopard tank and that that's still in the game. Like you, hmm. you have like multiple versions of the Leopard tank. So do you think that a fascination with tanks makes you like world of tanks more like do you need that to enjoy world of tanks uh not quite it's more like driving and shooting so <laughs> i i do enjoy that and that's yes. at the basic level of it 
Like uh-huh. The basic level of the game is 15 versus 15, a random pub match, 15. which is a public okay. match. You get uh, 15 tanks versus 15 based oh. on random um, um, scenarios mm-hmm. and random maps. And then that's like the base that most people see. And there are different tiers of tanks. So the randomization of people um, kind of goes through that. So you don't have like 15 guys with tier 10 tanks and 15 guys with tier one tanks fighting them. No, you, okay. you have like a distribution, uh, maybe like four or five tier 10. And then the rest is like breaking down up to like maybe six. Yeah. And okay. So the game so, tries to even out the difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it has yeah. a range like for each team. And then it fills those ranges with players. Okay. But it's basically you're driving around, uh, let's say, quote unquote, car, and you have a first person shooter attached mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little harder to like plan ahead when you're like taking turns and such. But the tanks are also slow, a few of them. If yeah. You're driving a scout tank, you're going to go super fast, and the scout tanks won't shoot as much. But you know the best players that can still shoot pretty well while they're moving like at a hundred kilometers per hour. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So how far how far did you take this world tanks <laughs> obsession? Oh man, <laughs> no. Uh, so I would say like the furthest I went was probably a year after. Um, like I would say okay, I played a total of like four maybe four years of game. Mm-hmm. The first year, you're just learning. Like, it takes a whole year to learn and get wow. to the top tiers. <laughs> the second year is when you're, like, looking for the options of, like, ultimate, you know, competitions. Like, there are different types of competition. You have skirmishes, which are, like, quick and easy, small groups that you gain gold and gain gold with that. Mm-hmm. And you have the other um, things that are more, like, clan scenarios where you play in a clan with 100 people, and those guys are just trying to get land on a global map, which uh, they have. So it becomes a game, game of like risk almost. Yeah, in the global map. on top of the, okay. With and the battles. then okay. from there, you also gain gold and you make strategies and such. Mm-hmm. And there are tournaments between those clans. And I was getting into that after the first year. And then after the first year into it, maybe another year after, I went to the Canadian finals. Oh, wow. Um, but it was like a small thing, yeah. I got to say. But the Canadian finals was fun. We we got paid to play, right? That's cool. Okay, that's insane. But yeah, don't <laughs> don't downplay that. That's amazing. And um, we we got to know like I mean me and some other guys like we I didn't know any of those guys in real life. Like you just wow, go yeah. on a ride to Montreal, and we went there to Montreal, and we played with these other guys, and and there were other games also being played there. Mm. But before I got into that, so um, yeah, that point was when I was like starting to to reach like the the inner depths of uh, world of tanks <laughs> and and then i i probably played another year like heavily and then after that i kind of like just became more casual and more casual until i dropped it mm-hmm. and yeah it's something that it takes a lot of time i i definitely played ga- days that were around like 12 hour days and <laughs> training like in between training people making new strategies, Train briefing people. Wow. Briefing people so on was... the battles of the night and winning <laughs> wars. Like Did you like watch game footage and like Oh sometimes yeah, but you, you don't have much time to like watch other streamers. Like No, I mean even like your own games. Like when you go back and like discuss strategy I, and stuff. Definitely I saved like there, there's a page called um I think it's What Replays. So World oh. of Tanks has a ton of stuff like on the sides, like websites like uh, World of Warcraft also has those, yeah. right? So yeah. World of Tanks, um, they have What Labs, which is where I got this shirt from. 
um, they they have this uh, statistics of every player, and also they have um, another site which is What Replays, where people log the replays there. Oh. Uh, so when they log a replay, it automatically gathers gathers all the information like what is your like um, I don't know awards for that battle and such. And other people can download it and study your moves. So <laughs> actually, when you're learning, that's something I would recommend people like. Hey, grab this and this and this replay for this map because we have a battle tomorrow. You have to study for it. <laughs> Jiminy, Christmas. Yeah. That's banana sandwiches. Gabe runs a no-nonsense world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just even hearing about like training and the reviews, that does that sounds very interesting. Not fun to me, but it sounds very <laughs> interesting. But I, I I can see the appeal. That's some, really cool. Yeah. Some people they change clans just because they couldn't take the training on other clans yeah <laughs> like some clans were almost like a a job a, a, yeah they were almost like commercial machines so oh. <clears throat> uh, their teams are like sponsored and mm -hmm. what these guys do they basically uh train two hours minimum every night and then they have a battle which might take 15 minutes but it takes a full other hour off of them so they will have um three times a week four times a week you have to take three hours of your night wow so, if you're if you can't you shouldn't be in and yeah like that those are like the hard more, more hardcore teams other teams they focus more on you know just keep playing as much as you can and when there is a battle if you're ready for it you're ready if you're not you're not yeah um it depends like when you're also in a small clan what ends up happening small clans are not professional but there are only like 15 guys that are really good and you need 15 for a battle yeah so the good <laughs> Players in a in a small team like they get stretched like really hardcore because they they will have to do everything for the, the team, right? Okay, huh. fascinating. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't know anything about this. I yeah, I'm I might look into it. Because have you ever played World of Tanks? I have never played World of Tanks, but it's something I've I've thought about like that kind of risk kind of uh, strategy on top of like another game. Um, like mm. where like little battles determine like taking over like an overall yeah. territory and stuff like that. I don't know if I've ever played a game like that, but like that idea, I really like. The, I don't know. The campaign mode actually uh, helped a lot of people to get into the game because, hmm. like, you you start playing like I said, the public match, just fifteen randoms versus fifteen randoms. Yeah. Most of people have a beer next to them and are just shooting yeah. shit. At. And then mm -hmm. when they're doing that, uh, they're having fun, but they never really evolve down the line like a technological tree because they have to get a tank for their clan because their clan needs it for the war it's not <laughs> so hardcore like that. wow but yeah when you're playing with the guys that i played with like losing for them was like terrible like, yeah even though it was really hard like three people in a platoon you can form a platoon and at most in a public match you can go with three people yeah uh, you know in a team of 15 mm -hmm. those three you know you're going together mm -hmm. in a 15 match. But sometimes these three are so good that they can beat the entirety of the right. other team. And I, we've we've done that plenty because you, you raise your stats and you get more experience, you buy new tanks, you get gold and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it gets to a point where it's really like some guys, they would come from other games. There was one guy I think came from professional Counter-Strike and he got into a clan that I was in. And he wouldn't bear like to lose games, like public matches, oh. a, a, like a clan battle. Sometimes he would be okay if he lost against a big team, not okay with a small team. If you lose against a small team, like people might kick you or some people might leave. It was really bad. 
and this guy came from like a, a shooter um like he was kind of semi-pro in another yeah. type of game he joined world of, world of tanks already knowing everything he needed to know to become pro there and then oh, okay. this guy like if you play the public match with him he would get stressed out over the minimum things like you miss a shot oh, or man. you you glance the shot off of a cupola which is like the let's say the head of a tank uh -huh. is like angled enough that if you shoot in the wrong angle it doesn't penetrate huh. oh so you asked me like what got him mean to this game yeah I, I can say like if you're a mechanical engineer like uh -huh. me and oh, okay. you know you like the mechanics of it the mechanics of this game is way beyond what you can imagine. Hmm. Oh, like, okay. You have a lot so of So if it hits a certain angle, it doesn't, it'll kind of ricochet. It doesn't hurt Yeah, not just that, but the type of shell you, you shoot hmm. will penetrate differently. And there are, there are explosive <laughs> shells which will penetrate less. Mm -hmm. But if they penetrate full armor, they blow up inside and right. it causes more damage. Yeah. So there are like different types of shells, different hmm. types of, of features in the tank. Like you can shoot... Um, let's say on um, a viewport and it will cause it'll penetrate easier easier on a viewport or something and yeah mm -hmm. you can detrack a tank because it'll stop them from moving and the other tanks mm -hmm. will hit them in the back and then okay. like cause confusion on the other team all kinds of stuff and you have mm -hmm. also different types of tanks you're driving you have like i said a scout yeah, yeah yeah you have medium tanks which are fast kind of overall yeah medium tanks they, they do everything, different classes type thing that yeah do different heavy things. tanks okay. they're like the tank the big, yeah the tank the literally tanks. <laughs> <laughs> the and you tank. have also artillery which oh, a lot okay. of people are are kind of more into artillery because they're more strategic and you have a overview uh top-down view of the map and you're shelling people hmm. from your corner of the map and from that top-down view, basically you um, you lobby a shell and it takes like at least two, if not like five seconds to arrive. Huh. So you got to plan ahead and you yeah, know what tank is moving. crossing there. Okay. And you guess, oh, this tank is going to be there at that moment. And the other tanks have to take cover against artillery fire. Yeah. Hmm. So there, there is like space for everyone, right? And everyone finds a niche that is mm -hmm. different on the game. That's why it has been going on for so long. That, yeah, that's kind of it's. It reminds me a little bit of like a RPG World of Warcraft kind of thing, but the class like there's no defined classes. It's just sort of like I'm good at like yeah the, doing well, certain kinda. things. I mean, like scouts are fast, probably lighter oh, armor. Mediums. But these are yeah. again, these are the tanks. You're yeah, the yeah. driver, mm -hmm. so it gives you more freedom. It's mm -hmm. like imagine if you had the World of Warcraft account. That every time you open something new on your on your tree, you could let's say. Uh, begin your gaming day by choosing oh i already unlocked this and this and this skill i'm going in today with this and this and that skill mm -hmm. like you choose your own right because you it's you've a been, tank and you change the you've been through stuff? all those mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah I, li I like that because the thing that bugged me about warcraft was i was always tied to the same class and i like the idea of um like your progress to, was like movable like everything you kind of earned you could kind of move it to a different uh, the, it wasn't locked into only, a tank the only thing is like you also have the crew of the tank hmm. oh so, and, so you, there's another okay you have yeah there's another layer like it's just a simple it layer it sounds like there's a lot of layers to this game. <laughs> yeah it's not a layer because it's not just you driving a tank and you pick whichever tank yeah you also have the crews that you train by playing more of with that crew mm -hmm. so some crews you specialize them in medium tanks and then that crew when there's a, a clan battle like you're gonna assign that crew to your one of your medium tanks and okay. then you choose which one and uh, so people sometimes have like i've played with even my account had 
um, spe specialized crews for almost every type of tank. <laughs> All right. So I could choose with going with artillery or heavy tank, anything. Mm -hmm. But most of the people will focus more on one. Yeah, that's bananas. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's really interesting because I'm interested in like video games was so interesting to me even and then like learning about creating them because like the idea of like recreating physics mm. like a physical space and the physical interactions is so interesting to me and like just hearing that that's such an important uh part of world of tanks is pretty cool um yeah and seeing that appeal in like your engineer brain <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's making more sense to me but yeah there's like a lot of interesting hooks um like yeah yeah you can like damage your engine and and then you damage your engine, but also let's say a fuel tank and you can choose to fix a fuel tank so it won't leak yeah. and it won't cause a fire. <laughs> but if you have a, um, a fire extinguisher, you can think, oh, you know what? I, I don't care about the fuel tank because I have a fire extinguisher still and um, I'm going to fix the, the engine because it gives me 50% more power than having a broken engine. Mm -hmm. uh, or man. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, there's a lot of details to this game and I can understand the obsession. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so uh, taking a little uh, back a little bit back to kid Gabe, um, we want to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get into like Gabe. Like, where where are you from? We we probably should have done this sure. earlier. Uh, you know, a couple of minutes from ago. The internet. Uh, yeah. So he was born on the internet. <laughs> no. Uh, uh -huh. He surfed the web. Mm -hmm. Came um, out of a fifty six k modem. I, yeah, I'm originally I'm from Brazil. That's mm -hmm. what my accent is. Um, it's from, so if you're guessing there, like what, what the hell is this accent? <laughs> like people look at my face. They don't think I'm Brazilian. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, in Brazil, there are a lot of gamers also. Okay. Um, they are pretty big on it on like online gaming is a big thing. They, they are big in Dota, Counter-Strike and a bunch of others. It's just that they haven't been heard about much. So there is certainly a certain high level of competition there. Mm -hmm. I, I take it personally. I think it's because people don't, um, they're not allowed to, to have a proper job before 18 years old. So mm. you have all these massive amount of youngsters that oh. they don't have where to like find a job. Anything. Yeah, so yeah. They, they go into mm. gaming. And I think mm. probably, I don't know, in China, it's probably the same. Mm. I'm not sure. But uh, in Brazil, yeah, it's kind of like against the law in a way to like go into a job. So we, we stick at home and we play games. And sometimes we, we work with our families. So that that's one of the reasons yeah, yeah I, I moved to canada like about eight years ago okay yeah so already canadian but yeah that's a long time enough to to represent canada in a, in a yeah the, we're a mosaic we take <laughs> yeah we take people from take all on. over yeah it would have been crazy if i got in that competition in montreal like if my team didn't drink the night before of course but, uh, <laughs> If well, my, of course. If my team driving to Montreal there, uh, we were only three teams competing, but mm -hmm. they invited me because I was one of the good players. They, they needed a good player to mm -hmm. take part in a team. And I was known enough that one guy contacted me. And the other two teams were more pro. Like there was one which was like truly pro. Mm -hmm. And there was another team which ended up winning, mm. which was a, a mishmash of like a few young guys that play the game. And they're really way up there in level but they they just work well together and then they won and they got a free trip to go to china and oh, they represented okay. canada in china it was funny that's very cool could have been you <laughs> well 
well, if the other team had invited me, I was actually thinking that after. But at that point, I wasn't as good as I got after. Like I got way after, mm. uh, way better after. Mm. Um, okay, so back to childhood, Gabe. Um, what was the first game you played, or you have like a strong memory playing as a kid? Ah, uh, I forgot to look up that name, but there was. Oh. Um, so I had a computer called Expert, which is. No, MS- never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In Brazil, in Brazil, it was named MSX. Had a Zlog ninety processor, and that was like before Commodore. Huh. Whoa! And then <laughs> we we had like cassette tapes to play games there. Oh man! And I would shit. mostly watch like three, four years old. I couldn't really play, but I would watch and try to like partake a little mm-hmm. with my brother and my dad. Like some of the games we had, like Batman game. There was a lot of other stuff there. But there I was really, a Batman game on this thing? Yeah, there was one. And can't like, even imagine that. That was so old. And then <laughs> eventually awesome. um, there was one game that I remember uh, that was like a, a small native Indian that climbs a tree. And I forgot the name of that game. Like what? That's that, the whole game is you climb a tree? Oh, you're basically climbing a tree and then it gets dark and then it gets to the cloud uh, level. And you have after the cloud level, you have different levels as you're climbing up. Okay. And you're yeah. jumping from tree to tree, and it sounds like the most Brazilian thing, but it's not. <laughs> but I don't know enough about Brazil to know. Uh, That's a stereotype I, for now. You know what? Look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you something... just look it up, it's easy to find the name. Mm-hmm. But I played that game, and after that, I was probably around five years old, and my I still had a pacifier in my mouth, <laughs> and uh, yep. I think like I I remember. Uh, mm-hmm. I have memories of playing a Formula One also game. The Formula One is mm-hmm. a big thing, was a big thing back in the day. The mm-hmm. Senna and others were like big in Brazil, right? Racing cars, Formula yeah. One? Yeah. Okay, okay. Formula One. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I got so it. So the, the Formula One games, like we played, I remember mm-hmm. playing one with a pacifier in my mouth. So huh. a, lot of, a lot of people started with Mario or other things. Yeah. I started with those. And then yeah, the you, first you, you, one you, that I dug was kind of that one with the... Indian, and then uh, there was another one. I also forgot the name now. It's um, you were basically playing as a penguin, and you just jump through like some cracks in the in the ice, and you're doing like a tour of um, uh, of Antarctica. All right, Antarctica. Yeah, and then you're just going playing as a penguin, and that was like also one of the first few games that I had, but. This was all on your MS expert? Yeah. And then after that point, when we got a Commodore Amiga, uh-huh. and yeah, I was yeah. already like seven years, six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember when I was seven, um, I played Prince of Persia for seven hours straight. Wow. <laughs> that was when I got, okay, no, now I I know I'm into gaming. <laughs> um, I mean, I was already kind of aware of it, but it was like, oh, okay, maybe everyone does that. Yeah. But when I played for seven hours, my dad was like, okay, stop now. Because we couldn't save the game. Like, we just yeah. play. Oh, back in the day. Uh, you play as much as you can, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Prince of Persia 1, like in Commodore 64, like we, uh, like we consider the best game that was available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, after that point, my dad was like, you have to like stop. Like, it's too much <laughs> yeah. for you. It's not good for you. And I think. Shortly after or before, he was introducing me to chess. 
Okay. Oh, okay. So that's I started playing chess like after the movies. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So you started wondering. with video games, but then you moved on to more strategic. Uh, I would say, yeah, I started with video games like four years old or something. Yeah. And wow. My dad introduced me uh, to um, chess when I was six. That's cool. Yeah. And did you like, did you, so it seems like you enjoyed chess, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I played everyone that came to the house. <laughs> I had a thing that anyone that came to the house, I would, uh, I would introduce them to myself and then just say, hey, do you play chess? <laughs> everyone that would come to our house and I would play everyone. Uh-huh. And I started beating them all. <laughs> and when I was like probably eight or nine, uh-huh. I was beating like even my dad and my brother together. Wow. And my dad got to the point where when I was 10 and I was old enough, uh-huh. quote unquote, my dad said, oh, you do want to play at a club and you can play people that maybe will teach you or yeah. teach you something <laughs> and and then i was shy and i said no oh, oh no oh, i wanted to know what happened when you went there yeah so you <laughs> either, know either wipe the floor with them or um, they put you in a place no i i kind of quit chess until i came back to like in university i had a mm. friend who reintroduced me to chess mm-hmm. he brought me to a club for like one tournament and then another tournament and then a third one and i quit because i realized that chess if you're playing with people that play in a club and they are playing minimum of 20 games a day, they they memorize halfway of the game. Yeah. So the first half of the game you're playing against a computer and then <laughs> the second half you're actually getting to the interesting point where you're actually playing a brain on the other side. Oh, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah, I, I started I started memorizing openings, but you know, because I was playing these friends in university, but when I was taking those openings and playing in a club like few tournaments we had it became a little boring because mm. it was like oh yeah this is too much like yeah okay. these guys know every trick in the book and until half an hour in they're just playing that book that's so interesting yeah like oh i've seen this before like it's like if every movie you've seen starts exactly the same <laughs> or like five mm-hmm. different ways huh, which is probably what how movies go um, most movies today yeah. yeah yeah everything's been done <laughs> um yeah that's really cool all right um so kind of want to go on a tangent for a second because we talked about how Gabe grew up in Brazil and we've talked about previously how um, thievery in Brazil is on a whole other level. Crime. Would you say? Yeah, crime. Um, thievery. Yeah, thievery. Those I, don't, I, don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, would you say that like crime has been gamified in Brazil in some kind of way? Oh, that... Is that, that some, is a weird question? Though. Yeah. Well, because you were, I don't know, you described it to me once about um, these people who would like put out their wares and then when they saw oh. like authorities come, they would just like pull a cord and it would okay. all retract into their backpack and they'd run. Like they had all these st- t- strategies and tactics, like all these different ways to do it, right? There's they, all these little scams. Like They call it the Brazilian way. It's like uh-huh. uh, Brazilians are kind of proud of that and not, not as much anymore. They're kind of going down, but what they say is like the Brazilians always find a way. So there is a Brazilian way of doing things okay. they are very proud of. Sometimes it's it's a good thing and sometimes it's not. And I think what I, what I was mentioning before was like some of the, um, yeah, these guys that sell like peddlers, like selling mm-hmm. items in the street. And then they know the police will come by and just say, hey, you're not authorized. You don't have a permit to sell here. They'll just have it, you know, on a on a mat on the floor mm-hmm. in a way that they just pull a cord and everything goes into a uh, turns into a bag and they run but i wouldn't say that's gamifying it 
would say maybe um, they they find different ways of uh, how do you say finding efficiencies. Yeah, they <laughs> they they're very creative. I would say yeah, no, they're very creative about things, and I think the creativity and it comes not from let's say the crime, and I think everything, including the crime, comes from the fact that. It's like the politics and the mm-hmm. cultural aspect. Yeah. So politics and culture, in a way, they clash. Like I said, like the fact that you can only be a uh, yeah. an apprentice until eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it, it's in the culture to find that normal, right? Mm. So because of all these things, um, people will gamble before eighteen before mm-hmm. they even get a normal job. Mm. Like, and they will start looking for creative ways to either make money or creative ways to um, have fun that are different like i think here um north america probably europe uh, the structure is like the social structure is is already giving you all the options right there you kind of have to make your options you have to there is no Mm. i mean there is right or wrong but there is also ways to uh find new rights like new (laughs) things that nobody thought of because I think either the state, like the government, or the society, like culture, has um, restricted in a way your choices. So when you have a restriction of choices, they get creative, and you have more restrictions there. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's like a concept even with like designing, like um, constraints create or breed creativity or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say, for example, when I started programming, like yeah. Uh, my dad was a programmer and big time, like he programmed like COBOL, Fortran, Assembler, and all the way to PHP. And then this guy, um, like people would say, oh, you have programming on your genes. Hmm. But it's not just that. You have to be good at it or not. It's like an artisan craft. And yeah, then when you have I to started, work on it. Yeah. When I started programming, I associated it with um, poetry. And I was really into poetry mm-hmm. in school. So poetry is like, you have the rhyme, you have the the metrics, mm-hmm. and I love that. So it was kind of like a, playing a game with words mm-hmm. that I I would be really good. I, I still write, not often, but I still like to write poetry and come up with verses. But I'm very, I would say, strict with like the metrics because I think it sounds nice. It's like write, writing music without the instruments, right? Mm-hmm. And when you convert that into programming, like then you have the this constraints of you only have these functions uh you have to end your sentences in a way like <laughs> yeah no there's there's grammar there's prose there's a rhythm to yeah. Go. yeah that's uh, my friend uh like my best friend when i went to school that was one of his things code is poetry like mm-hmm. and that it's, it's so wild to hear you say that i haven't heard that or thought about that in years but um yeah i would, I would agree with that it's very poetic and the, there are ways. some ways of um poetry like uh, like rhymes i personally like i prefer like like I said, metrics and good rhymes. And you can rhyme, let's say, um, I, I don't know, adjectives with verbs. And if you mix those, it sounds a lot nicer than just using the ending of, of words that are all similar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in coding, uh, if you're just copying and pasting, let's say, uh, a nest of if else, if else, if else, if else, it's much nicer to put, you know, switch, um, switch yeah. changes, yeah, and that's the way to go. So we are losing so many people. But it, <laughs> uh, it, no, well, I guess I was thinking of like 
in, in keeping that line of thought, um, you know, we've talked in the past about the, there's a concept of what, how to uh, define what a game is. And uh, part of the the podcast, what we call it the grass cast is after a book called The Grasshopper. We've gone through all this stuff before. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, but so anyways, the author Bernard Suits defined games as a voluntary acceptance of overcoming unnecessary obstacles. So unnecessary obstacles are restraints. And it's that creativity in overcoming those obstacles that creates games. And so I don't know. I just think back, like going back to the whole Brazilian um, idea of there's a constraint of what you can do before you're 18. So maybe that breeds that creativity of, you know, all, all the things that come out of that. But... I, I think, yeah, definitely like Russia, China, and Brazil. Mm -hmm. You definitely <clears throat> on those Cuba actually. Brick, yeah. yeah, the the brick countries. I think you definitely have the young people going into games because they have that extra free time. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the free time in terms of, oh, I have to make money off of that time. No, it's more of like I have that free time and I people when they're young, they're more prone to being obsessed about something. And then and that, that obsession, it can be sports or something that will will keep you, you know, healthy. Yeah. Some things that are unhealthy. But I think games can be more so like healthy if you take it in a way. But people have to drive that obsession or that energy somewhere. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they drive it to games a lot of times. What 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 was the rationale in not allowing people to work before they're 18? What's the reasoning oh, uh, behind it? I don't understand. Uh, Brazil has a lot of culture cultural yeah. aspects. Uh, yeah. It's really hard to explain to people, but <laughs> The reason is because I would say in the past, you like it's basically because if you're too young, you're taking someone else's job and it's mm. a young country. So most of the people are young. And then if you have that whole massive amount of people from 15 years old and up, I mean, that's not the main reason. I would yeah, say. okay. The main reason is more like to avoid a slave workers, like people that are yeah, working. Yeah, taking advantage of young workers. Advantage. Yeah, yeah. And child, oh, was there a history of like child abuse? Of but if they've been all work, that, that means that those kids that could have, you know, mown the lawn or something. Yeah. I mean, like they I still did. do it. Yeah. But yeah. They, they're not, they don't have it in a, in a formal contract. Yeah, it so, goes underground. It's, yeah. And okay. like everything has to go underground in a way. Yeah. And they got... Um, satisfied with that way of solving things like they just got used to it yeah it's interesting because like i i did the papers you know like my sister did the papers like when we were in grade school mm -hmm. and stuff like that and the I worst the worst thing ever i hated it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that bad <laughs> i had to deliver penny savers through these like okay, little pe penny savers are the worst like not doing even a newspaper it's just like a ads it's a paper full of ads oh, yeah i see yeah i get and those I delivered like hundreds of them for like, you know, two bucks. Yeah, no, I, I, was... I worked for the Windsor Star. I think it was like maybe 30 bucks a week or okay, something, that's a little oh bit, my which God, is yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> well, it's still a way to like teach kids about some manner of responsibility of, yeah. over their money, their money, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and you can gamify it in a certain way. You have a route, so you can figure out the most. Yeah, efficient yeah, way is it like I would hop fences and like I would <laughs> yeah. load a bunch of my backpack and leave the cart. Like I'm thinking yeah. about all the things that I had to do just yeah, to make it more efficient. Meanwhile, I was just playing Hero Quest and some <laughs> other stuff. That's so interesting. But yeah, talking about like the youthful energy and stuff like that, and like if if there's not a lot of options, that's really interesting. What kind of issues would come up from mm -hmm. that? But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, imagine like if you're in a in a summer break forever. Like, that sounds amazing. Uh, they, uh, not summer break. How do you call that? No, no, no. Summer, summer vacation. vacation. In a way, yeah. because 
Yeah. Yeah, because actually schools in Brazil, they, they finish school, people finish school not at 3 p.m. They finish school at 12. So, uh, Brazil in some ways sounds amazing. And then <laughs> we come home and then you have most of the day free Whoa. to do whatever you want. So huh. we would come home and play video games. Wow. So my, my parents were always like, you got to go out, you got to do stuff. Or there was, uh, I don't know, thunderstorm. We couldn't plug in the computer because where I lived, it was like one of the yeah. uh, heaviest like thunderstorm areas in the world. Mm. And like we had over five lightnings burn down stuff there. So <laughs> we would unplug our computers like as soon as yeah. possible. Sweet fancy Moses. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, is there any other questions? Uh, I think we covered it. Is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> like I, I, I was telling, telling Sean, like yeah. there, there will be more subjects I can talk about. Probably I mean you're in the city. We can come yeah, we can bring you back. But uh, on the uh -huh. subject of Oh sorry. Um I just thought of one last thing. Um so you're really big into rock climbing, right? Oh. Um and I wanted to talk Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was um, indicating that we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, no, it's and okay. this has been a very long episode. Um <laughs> but I, I just wanted to touch on the idea of like rock climbing as a game. Like, do you feel that rock climbing is sort of gamified? And if not or like how so or not it can be compared mm -hmm. yes because uh routes are kind of graded most of the times right and then you're also comparing yourself to other players or climbers and mm -hmm. i think rock climbing especially when like if you look at the professionals like they they'll go to different places to do different routes that other people have done and they set up a route and the other guys go there and try it as well mm -hmm. so it's kind of like setting up a map of possibilities and, and the other guys trying every move is about using your body kind of like in a puzzle fashion like you mm -hmm. you find out oh do i do drop knee here or do i flag out my leg and like rock climbing is kind of fun in that way because mm -hmm. it, it really gets you kind of addicted to it because mm -hmm. of those elements there's there. a clearly defined goal there's a path to there's a constrained way you have to get to that path exactly yeah and you, you, you could just grab a ladder that. but yeah. Right, yeah that's the most efficient way yeah. it's like it's showing some skill and technique mm -hmm. yeah. um, technique skill is the same but uh, you're showing that you have some skill and you gain more skill as you go mm -hmm. all that right? and there's a cool there's a cool atmosphere behind it. i've gone a few times and like what i liked was you know as people are climbing other people are watching you and if you make it farther than you've made it before they're like yeah one more step it's like, like an arcade machine yeah like yeah one person very... hops on five others are watching right and then they're kind of sharing betas they call the um, they're sharing like the ways of uh, strategies to finish ah, mm -hmm. okay. and uh, each person that's the other thing that each person has different heights different oh yeah strengths like the, yeah the constraints of your body yeah sometimes factor. i can give like advice to people that will be good for them and i'm good at doing that like finding out oh, okay you're good at this you should try that mm -hmm. and yeah. then for me it wouldn't work for them it works <laughs> yeah i went i went once uh to, to gabe's gym and it was it was really fun i just i haven't i haven't come back, back. <laughs> it was good it was good i yeah i i remember enjoying climbing um like trees and stuff as a kid and uh -huh. yeah it, it was really appealing. I'll, I'll come back eventually. I think I think I'm gonna be good when I go, and then I try and I watch other people do it. I'm like, <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the whole thing because it's it's interesting. Like, if anyone and any of our listeners have ever been to like a rock climbing wall, there's like all these different colors, and, mm -hmm. and they they probably explain it. So, but it's like it's interesting because it's the same wall, 
but like Gabe was saying, there's different routes. So you go color by color by color, and that is the constraint you're putting on yourself to increase the challenge in the same limited space. Um, I don't know, which is really interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah, you could just you could cheat. You don't have to go all the red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a great episode. I think I think we've we hit our maximum cap of time. Uh yeah. yeah. I feel uh, like it was pretty well played. Pretty no, well yeah. played. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Bevan is gonna make it sound phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can drop all the nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well played, Bob. Well played, John. And well played, Gabe. Well played. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. GG. GG, <laughs> man. GG. Oh, man. We got a better closer. <laughs> what do we think of GG. All right. All right. Thank you. Sweet. Well played.